Blog Talk Radio. News Radio Network, where you hear about NFL stars of tomorrow today. Yes, I am your host, the proud host, Barry Barnes, founder and CEO of LACA-Report.com. And you guys, please go to the site, check the site out at LACA-Report.com, where you guys can find content on the NFL that you will not see anywhere else, I guarantee it. Follow me on any one of my social handles on Twitter, at LACA underscore report, on Instagram, LACA Report 100, all small caps, on Facebook, LACA Report dot com and also check out the Locker Talk podcast on Facebook. But make sure you guys go to YouTube, subscribe to the Locker Talk podcast, where you see this show in its video format. You guys will not be disappointed with the great highlights that's going to be placed on there. But most importantly, always go to the Bachelor News, Bachelor News Radio dot Airtime dot Pro, where you can listen to this show seven days a week, nine o'clock a.m. and p.m. So make sure you guys check out the site and go to that fantastic network because this network is growing, folks. Make sure you guys stay locked in. All right. Folks, I tell you, this NFL season, as usual, is going according to plan. It's going the way how we expect it to be. only problem is it's just so funny that the season always, always, you know, goes too fast, (laughs) just way too fast. But but it just shows that how exciting this league is the type of parity that's in this league. It just says a lot uh, about this league, how things are just so set up for um, nothing, I would say, not, nothing uh, nothing expected. It's always, something can always happen. Nothing ever goes real smooth when it comes down to the National Football League. And to know that the guys from the NFL Regional Combine platform, what this show is all predicated about, to see how these guys each year parity for the underdog, and to see how these talented players that came through that process, how many of them fought to be relevant, all of them to be relevant. And then you have some that will have long careers behind the scenes, and then you have some guys that's in the limelight because they put themselves there because, you know, the, you know, the work they put in. Not saying the rest of them did not work, but it's just forcing to see how some become stars and still have a career in the spotlight and many of them have um, become stars that's behind the scenes. And week 14 was one of those weeks where we had several players that, that, that's pretty much behind the scenes. You really don't garner a lot of the headlines um, week in and week out, but yet they always, always find themselves to be relevant for those teams, helping their teams get into situations where they can win or at least put them in there. And this week, was one of those weeks where several players from the platform, who names I did not mention, but I had always followed, just wanted to make sure that these guys were doing their thing on the field, and they are. And so this week, week 14 was fantastic. We're going to get right into what happened in week 14 and give you guys some names. So guys probably haven't heard of 
But if you paid attention to this show and you've been a follower of this show for a very long time, it, it should not throw you guys off um, off um, off track because I've been talking about these guys before, not as much. And we're gonna start with New York. Now, both the New York teams, New York Jets and the New York Giants, they both had some interesting things that happened. But the New York Jets made history. I'm going to explain that shortly. But first, we're going to jump with the New York Giants. The New York Giants, you know, you hear me talk about um, Tay Crowler, the young linebacker that's from the process, who's having a phenomenal year, leading the team in tackles, uh, thrust into the situation where now he is the leader, uh, knowing that Blake Hernandez is out for the season. And so he's doing an admirable job calling the plays on the field. Still some more growing to do, which I believe this season is going to help him get to the next level as being a leader on it. But I'm not going to talk about Tay this week. We're going to talk about Elijah Penny. Elijah Penny has been through the process in 2017, but pretty much been in the background. He started his career with the Arizona Cardinals, where he was there for two, where he was there for one season, and then after that, the last four seasons he's been in New York under the radar. Does a lot of things that does not show up on the stats. He blocks, he catches, he runs occasionally. He does a lot around, and then also at the same time, special teams ace. That's how he has made a living in the NFL, being solid special teamer. Now, in this game in week 14, he did something that he has never done in the NFL, and at the same time, something that had eluded him <laughs> for the past three years, and that was to score a touchdown. The last time he scored a touchdown, actually was two, was in 2017 when he was a member of the Cardinals. We had two rushing touchdowns, down reception against the San Diego Chargers. And I'll take you take you back to what happened. It happened early in the game in the first quarter, a minute and 37 seconds left. The Giants was facing a second and goal from the Chargers' three-yard line. Mike Glennon, who had started um, as the quarterback for the New York Giants, um, Daniel, um, Daniel Jones was out due to an injury. So Mike Lennon took over for that game. He took the ball from center, had a play-action fake, the ball carrier, and that's when he saw Glennon quickly look to his right-hand side and threw a high pass that was floater. That was a floater. Two Penny, who actually crept out the backfield to be wide open to be able to catch the pass in the end zone while he was falling back. Now, of course, Penny did his dance and he got up. Really big emotional celebration. For him, and during this game, the game was really tight until the Chargers just blew the doors off and just went on and um, had a victory. But that was a good game. Penny got his name on the stat. That was, that was not the only time he visited the end zone that game. He actually converted a two-point conversion late in the game with a minute and 18 seconds left in regulation. So, Penny, solid game, as usual, under the radar, getting attention. Getting the final, getting his name in the stat book. He had one carry for eight yards in this matchup. So Elijah Penny, number 39. Continue to watch out for this young man. He does a lot of stuff, nothing but for the New York Giants that gets over. They probably get overlooked from people who just look at football for, uh, for football sake. Or those that's into the game will recognize that number 39 is quietly definitely one of the better fullbacks in the NFL. Now I did mention the um, the cool part about the New York Jets. The New York Jets made history for the NFL regional combine platform, y'all. So we're going to jump right into that. I mean, major, major history. The New York Jets, week 14, this was the first time in a single game, for a single game, that one team had 
six NFL regional combine pioneers in a game. First time played six pioneers in this one in this one in this one matchup. And I'm talking about pioneers in offensive lineman Greg Van Rogan, running back Austin Walter, wide receivers Keelan Cole and Vincent Smith. My guy Vincent Smith, he was on the show um, last year. We gotta get him back again. Defensive lineman Kyle Phillips and Tim Ward. Now. On this matchup, Tim Ward had two tackles in this matchup, while Phillips recorded three tackles, including a sack. This was um, Phillips' first sack since 2019 when he had finished the season with um, a, a sack and a half. But this was his first sack since 2019, and I tell you, it was a rough one. You know, Tatum Hill pretty much didn't see him coming when he snapped the ball back from shotgun formation. Phillips just beat past Bull Rush past the guard and just went straight right in front of Taylor's face, didn't see him coming, and leveled him. Leveled him on the ground, definitely got a good, clean shot on Taysom Hill. Now, we know the Saints wind up winning that game, but it was still a lot of games played with heart. But the thing is, just to talk about the history that the New York Jets had in this matchup was something that could not go, go unnoticed, especially in this show right here, because it's all we talk about all the players from the NFL regional combine platform. So that's all that matters in this match, I mean, in, in, on this show. And then you had Killing Cole's wide receiver. Still has not caught a touchdown yet. Still a couple of games later. I mean, still a couple of games to go. I believe he'll eventually get across the goal line. He had one reception for 27 yards in this matchup. And Vincent Smith was targeted once, actually in the end zone, but the ball was thrown as a little too high. That would have been a great comeback. Um, for Vincent Smith, knowing that he was on the practice that he was on the practice squad all season, got activated for this game, and if he had walked away with a touchdown, that would have been a great, great, great thing. You listen to Locker Talk on the Bachelor News, uh, Bachelor News Radio Network, where you hear about NFL stars of tomorrow today. I'm your host Barry Barnes, founder and CEO of Locker Talk. Okay, now talk about some guys we know that have been talked about a lot, and coming into the Ravens match up with the Cleveland Browns, knowing that the Ravens has been struggling. Um, Lamar Jackson, you know, up and down season, not having his best season. Make a long story short, he wound up getting injured um, early in the game. So here we go. Tyler Huntley, he steps in and plays a masterful job, considering the fact that he really did not play with the ones, did not have no preparation, and he almost pulled off another miracle for the Baltimore Ravens. He was close. He was right there. But let me give you the details of what made this game really special and how Tyler could have been looked at in a different light if they were, the Ravens would have pulled this game off. Now, when Tyler Huntley got onto the field, the Ravens were down 0-10. Um, to 10. And then after a quick finishing off what Lamar Jackson started, the Browns went back down the field and scored and got the lead up to 17-0. Before the first half was over, the second quarter, Huntley did leave two drives to post six points on the board. However, the Browns scored another three points in the field goal, which made the game 24-26. Now, this is where the fun part came in at. The Ravens' defense stepped up because the Browns did not score no more in that game. They were just locked in on that 24. So it gave Tyler Huntley and the Ravens' offense some time to really rock and roll. In this matchup, Tyler Huntley had 38 attempts, completed 27 of those attempts, for 270 yards and a touchdown. Now, 
what happened that was really critical was that the touchdown that Huntley had came in the fourth quarter. First of all, he had do this nice, pretty strike to Bateman, and he hustled down the field, got caught on a one, but the Tavis Murray wound up pounding in for a one-yard touchdown. But the critical play that really made it made it even more interesting was that when the Ravens knew they needed to get a touchdown, on fourth and third, he hit Bateman again down the sideline, kept his feet in bounds, the perfect pass. The only person to be able to catch that ball was him. It really showed that Harbaugh and his coaching staff feel really comfortable with Huntley throwing the ball. And I've, and I've said it on the show many a time, and I've always said, I believe that Huntley throws the ball better than Lamar Jackson. That's just my opinion. I'm not wrong. So I'm not going to say I could be wrong. I'm not wrong. He actually does. You know, but Lamar Jackson is more of a phenomenal talent than Huntley. But Huntley had wills, too. He showed off in that game. If you go to Locker Talk Podcast on YouTube, you'll see that fantastic run that he had late in that game as well. Now, after that um, converting that, that fourth and sixth, that's when Huntley saw Williams in the back of the end zone, tie the game up. Raymond's going to kick the ball on his onside kick. Actually, recovered onside kick. One of the several that was made in week 14. I tell you, week 14 was the weekend of onside, onside kicks. It was amazing. So, got the ball back with a minute and 14 seconds, and the first play they had from their own 41-yard line, Marquise Brown, we saw that Huntley had threw the ball deep down the right side of the field, and he missed Brown by four and a half yards. Brown had the defender beat. If that ball was going on time, Brown would have walked right into the end zone, and the next thing you know, we would probably be having a different conversation. I know nationally it probably be a different conversation. Not saying they would jump the gun and say that we're going to be the Ravens' new starter would be Tyler Huntley, but it would have been really interesting to see what would have happened if they had pulled that game out. But that's one of those situations how that game had um, transpired. We'll talk a little bit more about um, Huntley when we get into the Week 15 preview. Something very interesting that I, I that I will hope that the Ravens may take account for, and they may be because they did do something that was peculiar this week with the quarterback position uh, for the Baltimore Ravens. So it's going to be interesting to see how their approach is going to be when they welcome in Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers uh, for that late game at um, M&T Bank Stadium. Now, we're going to take a quick pause. We're going to come back, and we're going to jump right into seeing, okay, who did well? It's not going to be a surprise. You heard me talk about this young man many times. And every time when he played against his team, it seemed as though he always they always bring the best out of him. You'll find out shortly. You listen to Lock of Talk on the Bachelor News Radio Network, where you hear about NFL stars tomorrow today. Okay, folks, we know that Friday is the big day for Friday. We know that Friday is feature album artists from five to five thirty. This week, it may be a surprise. Boss man didn't say who's going to be, but I'm quite sure you guys are going to be excited to find out who's going to be that group, that group, that woman, that dude, classic artist. Make sure you guys stay tuned in and locked in on the bachelornews.airtime.pro from 5 to 5.30 to see who's going to be the featured artist for this week. And then on Sunday evening, um, check out the Whispering Sounds from 8 to 12 midnight on the bachelornews.airtime.pro. If you guys love music, you all like, you love the intimate, uh, 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 u
to actually get the mood all set up. So if you like classic music, good music, make sure you guys stay locked in to bachelornews.airtime.pro. All right, folks, welcome back to Locker Talk on the Bachelor News Radio Network, where you hear about NFL stars of tomorrow today. I'm your host, Barry Barnes, founder and CEO of Locker-Report.com. And if you guys, if you guys, please follow me on all of my social handles, whether it's on Twitter at Locker underscore report, on Instagram, Locker Report 100, all small caps, on Facebook, LockerReport.com, and also check me out on the Locker Talk podcast that's on Facebook, and also follow me on YouTube at the Locker Talk podcast as well. Um, make sure you guys always, always stay locked in to the bachelornews.airtime.pro where you hear this show every day, seven days a week, 9 a.m. and uh, not, um, 9 a.m. and also 2 p.m. Make sure you guys stay locked in. Okay, folks, wrapping up what happened in week 14 before we get into week 15 where it's going to be really, really interesting. And like I said, we're going to definitely talk about a player that you haven't heard me talk about many times, many times, the Washington football team. Cole Holcomb. Cole Holcomb, for some reason, the Dallas Cowboys just bring out the best in him. I mean, it was like this young man was just born to be a part of this rival. And this show, in this showdown, he actually leads his team in tackles. He led this game with his team in tackles. So it's eight. Eight showdown here. And this game was one of those games that the Dallas Cowboys appeared to just blow their hinges off the Washington football team easy victory. You know, they was up, 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 I believe, by as many as 24 to zip. And all of a sudden, here's her watch, and they start storming back. They start storming back, and then they start storming back. Uh, definitely uh, Taylor Heineke got injured, and that's when they had a, had a replacement stepped in. And it was one of those situations that could they get something going on offensively, but they needed some help. And the help, uh, help had arrived and showed its face in the form of Cole Holcomb, linebacker. Now, knowing that the uh, Washington team, Washington football team was down by 13 points with four minutes and 24 seconds left, Dallas Cowboys quarterback, Dak Prescott, received the ball from shotgun formation, went to play action, but he rolled towards his right. He was targeting his receiver, and Washington was playing a, a zone um, zone coverage. Dak Prescott saw his, uh, saw his receiver wide open, and, but did not recognize that Holcomb was trailing him the whole time. As soon as he released the ball, Holcomb stepped the lane right into the route, caught the pass. He beat off one of the offensive linemen and then just went right past Dak Prescott for his first career pick six. That made the game interesting. Washington football team closed the lead. It got to 20 to 27. Unfortunately, it was not able to pressure to put more points on the board to try to at least force overtime or probably a late win. But Holcomb did his job in that game to try to figure out what he could do to help his team out. He did so, was close in doing it, definitely got I mean, uh, FedEx Field going crazy after his 6-6, his first of his career. So that was a solid outing from Cole Holcomb against the nemesis, the Dallas Cowboys. Like I said, he finished the team. I mean, finished the game and led the team in tackles with eight. Now for a solid rundown, Brandon Zilstra, wide receiver from the Carolina Panthers, had a solid outing of four catches for 45 yards. Falcons linebacker Brandon Copeland, Brandon Copeland sighting. Yes, he had four tackles in that matchup. Seattle Seahawks defensive end, best in my way, recorded three tackles, and then 
Kumar Trouchet Hill, he wound up finishing with six tackles for his second squad. So that was the story for week 14 of the NFL. Now we're going to jump into week 15. What to watch out for? What's some of the things to, you know, to, to see what these players from the regional combine, what they're going to do with this week coming up? Now, there's a couple of things here definitely definitely want to share. Now, there's a race that's going on. There's a race that's going on um, for the platform's history, especially when it comes down to tackle. Now, last year, Terrell Adams, who is now currently with the San Francisco 49ers, he set a record for tackles for the platform with 125. That was the most that a player from the NFL regional combine platform had recorded in the season, the most. And so in this matchup, so, in this, so coming into this weekend, what's really interesting was, and is, is that we have two players on the defense side of the ball from the platform that could challenge and break this record. And we're talking about Cole Holcomb and also Kumar Cruchet-Hill for the Texans. Now, Kumar Cruchet-Hill, he currently has 100 tackles. If you add the six, going into week 14, he had um, 90. He had 94. So going into this matchup, he has right now. Oh, my fault. Let me take that back. Mistake. Right now, he has 94. His tackles is accounted for already. He has 94 tackles on the season, while Cole Holcomb have 110. Cole Holcomb actually broke the record that was set by Latavius Brown who was with the Los Angeles Chargers when he came into the league in 2017. Cole Holcomb broke that record with 105 in his rookie year in 2019. Adams broke that with 125, and there's a good chance that Holcomb could probably get the record back before the season is over. I mean, before the season's over. Knowing that they have three games left, I'm quite sure that he's going to break it, knowing that he's averaging close to double digits every week. I can see him sharing that record for the platform for most tackles in the season. But it's something to watch out for. It's definitely a race. Kumar Crochet Hill can't get hot. He did a week ago, had 19 tackles. No telling what he may try, what may he may do this week. So watch out for that record um, and that history to be made for the platform between Cole Holcomb and Kumar Crochet Hill. Now, Kenny Moore the second cornerback for the Indianapolis Colts. Now, when he came through the process in um, 2017 as well, the first team he signed with was the New England Patriots, and he hated being in New England. My goodness gracious. And it wasn't even cold yet. It was still in the summertime. But he did not like being in New England. He said it was very robotic. It was very, you know, stringent. And you couldn't, really, couldn't barely breathe. You know, don't make no mistake up there because a good chance that you're not going to be there very long. And knowing that he was coming in undrafted, knowing that undrafted players really do not, do not favor with a lot of coaches because a lot of times, you know, they don't feel like babysitting. They don't know who you are. So your chances of making mistakes there are nil. Can't happen. And so with that, being the pressure of trying to make the NFL, being undrafted and being on a team like a Bill Belichick that's very strict, very stringent, and had to go by the book, made it very uncomfortable for Kenny Moore. So he wound up getting released, saw that coming, signed with the coach, and history is made. One of the better cornerbacks in the NFL, 
signed a big deal a few years ago, one of the best slot corners in the league. Now he get a chance to go up against this team that he did not like when he first got into the league, which is the New England Patriots. Can he or will he pull off some plays in this game, get some NITs? You know, he's having a solid year. What kind of stops he will make against this Patriots team? And this is a somewhat probably showing in their face that, hey, y'all guys probably made a mistake by not keeping me here when you had a chance. Now the coach is getting the better part of himself. And I'm quite sure he cannot wait to display that team that gave him a shot um, in the NFL. Now, Nick Needham versus Keelan Cole. Now, Nick Needham, the cornerback, the Miami Dolphins, going against Keelan Cole with the Jets. It's their second time meeting this year um, because it's conference. No Cole, 20 catches on the season, 326 yards, no touchdowns just yet. Nick Needham on the other side, 48 tackles. With interception, he is showing that, again, despite being surrounded by solid defensive backs with the Dolphins, hey, he's doing a great job there as well, um, making a name for himself. These guys going to lock up somehow, some way in this matchup. Definitely make sure you guys watch up and follow how they will do this week and then also on the podcast next week. Hopefully I have some good highlights with them matching up against each other one-on-one. That would be great. Brandon Zilstrom. Okay, here we go. Let's see what he can do. How dangerous can he be this weekend for the Carolina Panthers? But before we uh, close out, talk about Tyler Hunt and what I think the Ravens should do now. One thing I don't never do, I don't criticize coaches. It's a, it's a whole new world on that sideline. You know, we hear people, even I hear guys in the press box saying, hey, you should do this, hey, you should do that. Even fans, you know, fanboys, you know, people calling shows. And the coach ain't doing this right. The coach should do this, blah, 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 blah. You know, we don't know. Trust me, take my word for it. On the sideline down there in that atmosphere, it, it, it's, a, it's a different world. Whatever we think a lot of times is not always exact. There's some things that go on that we will not understand why certain plays are called. So I never question it because I, I understand and respect that side of it. But sometimes it's not to say that the media guys like myself probably don't know what we're talking about. You know, and sometimes we can be on it. And I'm thinking I may be on with this one. Knowing that Lamar Jackson have an ankle situation and knowing that he's not playing his best, he definitely needs to get himself rolling real soon. Knowing the Ravens is trying to get into the postseason. Chances are look like the way how they plan and playing and how they trending, they probably will not make the playoffs. But I think for this week, I think the Ravens should sit Lamar Jackson for another week, let Tyler Huntley take all the snaps for the first team, allow him to get some kind of continuity with his receivers, get some kind of rhythm, try to get something going on so they can have a flow with him. The reason why I think the Ravens made a lean to doing that because they did sign Josh Johnson from off the, the Jets practice squad. Josh Johnson is familiar with the Ravens system. Uh, he don't have to worry about a major learning curve, so he know about the Ravens system. They signed him to the 53-man roster. So there's a good chance that Lamar Jackson probably will not play against the Packers. I hope he does not. They gotta get Tyler Huntley out there on the field. Like I said, like I said many times, I believe he throw the ball better than Lamar Jackson, and you're not going to beat the Packers on the ground uh, running with with the backs that the Ravens have. So they're gonna have to have someone to throw that ball and Tyler Huntley give them the best opportunity. Let's see what the Ravens would do if, I mean, this, let's see what they're gonna do first with the quarterback position, and if Tyler Huntley is the one that's going to start that game, I think it'll be a little bit more interesting for the Ravens to possibly win. And then also, F.A. Bob, defensive end of Buffalo Bills. 
he gets a chance to go up against his old teammate, the Carolina Panthers. Let's see what he's going to do against his old team. He can get to the quarterback. He has shown that many times. So definitely, definitely, just make sure you see what F.A. Abada would do for the Buffalo Bills, as they def- desperately need a win going against the Carolina Panthers. All right, folks, that's it. That's like a talk in a nutshell. We talked about week 14 review and we preview week 15. I hope you guys stay locked into all these games and make sure you guys tune in next week at the, at the, on the lock on the Locker Talk on the Bash News Radio Network. Where you hear about NFL starts tomorrow today. I'm your host Barry Barnes, founder and CEO of Locker-Report.com. Where you guys can um, the, the com. Make sure you guys follow me on all my social handles on Twitter at Locker underscore Report. On Instagram, Lock Report 100, or Smartcast on Facebook, LockReport.com, and Lock and Talk Podcast on Facebook. But go to YouTube, subscribe to the Lock and Talk Podcast, where you can see this show in its format on YouTube, in the video format on YouTube. And also, make sure you guys tune in to BachelorNews.airtime.pro, 9 o'clock in the morning, 2 p.m. every day to listen to this show. Make sure you guys stay locked in. Everyone stay blessed. Enjoy this weekend. Merry Christmas to everybody. Got one more week. Get those gifts together. Everyone stay blessed. Talk to you soon. <laughs>